Okay, so welcome to RCR podcast number 137, the greatest cars to never exist. And I'm Nick. Um, Brian is not with me today, or rather I'm not with Brian today, uh, in a general sense, because we found that, oddly enough, the streams that we do on our own tend to do better than the streams we do together, which is not to say that we won't do more podcasts in the studio. I'm sure we will and soon but um uh just for now you know it's easier for us to just stream on our own at times uh brian is currently um i guess he's just doing social things i think which i'm really happy about because i think it's very good that he uh, both of us sort of have social lives just because we kind of been in a space where that wasn't something that we prioritized necessarily, which is not a good thing uh, because you have to prioritize your own wellness at some point. It can't just be the job all the time. Uh, that's how you end up in a very vacuous and unwell headspace. So definitely don't want to be there. So yeah. Um, everyone joining in i want to say thanks for coming to hang out i am going to tweet about this and hope this yeah uh, okay technically uh it briefly disconnected me so um now i know that i can't tweet this out but if y'all want to like tweet this out for me or just share it to uh other social media outlets that'd be great um yeah, the greatest cars that don't exist um, is what I'm sort of deciding to make this about, <laughs> just to have something to talk about that isn't just, you know, my own uh, struggles in finding a new car, because I will be talking about that in an upcoming Monday episode of RCR, but not this Monday. But I'm essentially saving all the discussion for that video and i really am anxious or not anxious but excited about sharing it with you all because it's a very intensely personal video and i am just very i suppose i should have more stress about sharing that story with you the story that i'm going to be sharing um but I think it's also very liberating to be able to talk about certain aspects of my life, my past, um, and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, just going to hang out. And I suppose in talking with this, you guys in the comments can talk a bit about uh, your favorite cars that don't actually exist. I'm talking like cars from fiction and things that maybe you noticed in video games growing up i mean for me personally okay so here's my five and these are the five that i could think of right now off the top of my head but keep in mind these even if they're technically based off of something the only rule is that the cars that i pick or the cars that you pick cannot actually exist in our world so here we go um, all right. My first one is the pizza shooter from Ninja Turtles because it's okay. It's like this and for people who don't know, and I wish I could pull up images on the screen, but I can't, uh, the pizza shooter was this giant like van tank combination where a Ninja Turtle at any sort of 
given time can sit on the top with the turret and shoot out these discs of pizza that are essentially weaponized pizza pies. Uh, favorite one was the ice cream sundae one. And I had the toy when I was a kid growing up. And it's one of those things that you can't actually envision um, existing in the real world. And that's part of what made it so fantastic because yeah, like the turtle van is cool, but like this thing is a tank, a literal tank, figurative tank, but it's just the idea of being able to do something like this um, that I love so much. <laughs> Jake H, a car that doesn't exist. Coops with regular sized doors. I didn't want four doors. Why would I want my two leftover doors to be longer? Though Volvo C30 is the closest to this being real. Um, that's interesting. I mean, it, it, it's funny in that like doors tend to be this point of contention for so many people in the car community because it can literally be something that will be very make or break for somebody's enjoyment of a car. But by the same token, there are just as many people who don't really notice and to them, it might seem like the most odd complaint in the world. But if you do have a car with small doors, it's going to drive you nuts. And so I completely understand where you're coming from in that. Um, and other stuff like pillarless doors and all these other things that just sort of create this slow, gradual deterioration of mental wellness because it's just you're dealing with things that you wish had been given more thought in the production process. But anyway, I, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, let's see what other people said. Um, I had a pizza shooter as a kid. My mom took it away because I kept launching plastic pizzas at my cat. Uh, that's pretty much what it was for, I want to say. Not necessarily shooting at cats, but, you know, you line up other action figures, you knock them down. It's like a shooting gallery. Um Dinka Blister Compact from GTA 4. Very nice. Um, let's see. I wish Nissan continued the Skyline name instead of dropping it and just keeping the GTR name. Um, I totally understand that. I mean, I think it's something that they probably felt they needed to do to pivot away from what was already the de facto interpretation of what Nissan was doing with their sort of perform more performance-oriented cars. Um, but I mean, the Skyline name is kind of iconic. And so I can understand the frustration in getting rid of it, but only in as much as the Skyline that they would be putting out would still technically be a Skyline in the same way that I know that a lot of people who uh, see all these electric versions of performance cars don't really like that they share the name with the gasoline powered version of the car. So naming conventions are very delicate in that way. And I think people it's something that they're going to get used to over time because it's either get used to the thing you like changing or get used to the new name. We're going to give it because people didn't agree with us keeping the name. Uh, I wish I could tell you how many electric Mustangs I see on the road and how often I talk to people who don't really view it as a Mustang. And I understand that like personally, I liked the electric Mustang and do like the electric Mustang, but would I own an electric Mustang? Probably not. Uh, it's just not, I don't know. It's just not something that appeals to me in the same way that I think gasoline powered Mustangs do. But by the same token, I'm trying to move on forward from Mustangs onto the next thing that might appeal to me. So that's part of the adventure. 
Um, oh, the Mach E. There we go. That that's. I mean, realistically, the people that I tend to run into call it electric Mustang, but calling it the Mach E it seems to be the much wiser path. Um, but yes, I'm losing track of the topic I'm supposed to be talking about. But the next car that doesn't exist that is one of my favorites is, and these are all in no particular order, honestly, are the spinners from Blade Runner. The, those cop cars that are they're kind of bulbous on the side and they kind of like, it's, it's just such a cool car. If you're near a computer or anything, just look them up. They are fantastic and so weirdly shaped that they really sell the idea of the world of Blade Runner being this really, you know, alien, exotic sort of reality, an odd sort of dystopia where the cars are kind of like one of the only familiar things about it, but even the familiar is very unfamiliar and different and just beyond what we can really comprehend as familiar to us and so i've always loved those cars because they're so specific it's it's really the design that brings to mind elements of retro futurism which i love um but i also understand why it would be kind of an awkward choice to list it as one of the favorites of all cars that don't exist so uh, but I love it. It's, it's great. And I know it's probably based on something in the real world, but you know, whatever. <laughs> let's go into the chat, see what else people are saying. Uh, let's see. If you only have two doors, but have back seats, you need the long doors to climb in the back. Yeah. My doors are pretty long, uh, on the Mustang. And what's very annoying is that the Mustang never has, my Mustang has never had a catch on the driver's side door. So the doors almost immediately want to swing back the minute you open them, which can be kind of perilous if you're trying to like get out and you have something in your hands, which I know first world problems, but it's the accumulation of little things that drive me nuts about the Mustang that have prompt me, prompted me to want to move on from it as much as it breaks my heart to have to, because I really, I don't know that I have to, but I know that the Mustang is eventually going to force my hand and I want to move on from it before it gets to that point. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what else did people say in the comments? Uh, Saab Aero X concept car. That is Saab had a lot of cool concept cars. And I am one of those people who thought, who thinks that if Saab had been able to stick around, that they might have been able to more, more accurately sort of coalesce their vision with the vision and the general direction in which the automotive industry was going, because they were so far ahead on so many different things. And just safety features, you know, styling cues, it's size even, you know, it's like they were into this small car kick before it really caught on in the United States. And I think had they been given a little bit more runway to work on what vision they wanted to present to the world, and maybe if they didn't have so many financial troubles and had a company that really wanted to back them rather than General Motors that just kind of had them in their toy box and doing nothing else with them, then I believe that Saab could, of course, correct it over time, but it would have been difficult 
as all things tend to be in the auto industry. So, um, yeah, I, as obviously, like, I, I'm all about Saab cars. Just, I don't know. <laughs> um, new Mazda rotary engine that's only used as a range extender. Thoughts? Um, I think that would be a very interesting, like just to like on, you mean like as part of a hybrid setup so that the electric car can get additional range. Um, I'm assuming you mean, in which case I think that would actually appeal to a lot of people because it means that you have more, more, uh, sort of more oomph, I suppose, but like also more obvious sort of performance enhancements because now you're not worrying about range anxiety being the prime concern of everybody else who owns an electric car something that's vigilant and present in their mind at all times which i would imagine would be kind of frustrating after a while to have to deal with that um that range anxiety but it's also something that is inherent in the electric vehicle movement until we get to a point where infrastructure is such that you see a place to recharge every handful of miles the same way you see gas stations every couple of miles, not even a couple of miles. You just see them every couple of blocks. Uh, early 2000s concept cars give me so much nostalgia. Well, absolutely. I mean, and I find that those early 2000s concept cars in general tended to embody the styling cues of this current era because you really did have the more smoothed out appearance, the more curvy look, the more lean but focused sort of attentiveness to just... <laughs> just making things almost look like some fictional animal, you know? Um, once you get a real-world 300 miles, I don't know if range anxiety will be a thing. It's very rare. I do 300 miles a day. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I think it's like people over time wanting to uh, sort of get away from... get away from those expectations of range anxiety being something that they actually have to worry about whereas because in the real world i almost feel like most people wouldn't have range anxiety to necessarily worry about but again like i don't have an electric car i know brian does and i don't think range anxiety really gets to him and he drives his nairo a lot and so uh he's pitching uh, picking up hitchhikers and doing all that stuff and giving them rides to places sometimes over an hour away and he's going there and back and you know granted it's not going to be 300 miles but it's something where over time it all accumulates and that's something you have to think about but i feel for most people that it's not necessarily um a prime concern uh what car would you pick from the Saab museum for an rcr review uh ooh, that's a good question um a Vigan? I, I would love to drive a Vigan. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I would probably go with the, the Vigan, the nine. It's, it's funny because these are the types of things that I think about sometimes, and then I come to a decision and completely and immediately forget about it. And 
it's such a wide open possibility for the different cars that I think I could have that um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's if I could do it for the channel, it would be one of those like Phoenix concept type sobs that never actually came out um or uh hmm or maybe like one of the ems versions from like the 1970s would be great uh i just i i like those 60s and 70s era sobs because they do have such a unique visual flair to them and they do feel like something that could fit in the modern era in a repurposed fashion but by the same token, I don't necessarily think that um, people would be rushing out to buy them if they were around today. Uh, I feel like I'm not making sense because I'm a very scatterbrained person. Um, I'm sorry. I, I hope that answers your question. But um, the Toyota Rhombus looks atrocious. Agreed. It looks very odd, which is funny because it looks kind of like the spinners from Blade Runner that I was talking about. Um Saab 9.3 Turbos, 9.3 X Turbo Sport Combi is just about my dream modern quirk mobile. Mm, very nice choice. Uh, let's see. Um, so I have a super chat for 9.99 from Italian Ice 678. Thank you so much for supporting RCR. Uh, recently purchased an 05 Toyota Matrix 5-speed that I used to own for a second time and loving it. Any future MT plans for you, Roman? Um, not at the current moment. Um, it is something that I'm looking into, but to say that it's bleh, definitively uh, part of my plans, not exactly. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I'm looking into. Like I'm not ruling out any options just because, you know? Um, and I'm just hoping to get like more reps in on the manual side of things to be even more confident in my ability, you know, um, Tesla Cybertruck can't be real at this point. Um, it's, it's funny because I saw this video on Twitter of somebody who spotted a Cybertruck rolling down the street and it looks like something out of one of the rush games, like San Francisco rush, but like San Francisco rush 2049, where it looks like, you know, uh, polygons escaped from a game and they're out roaming around the streets of California un unsupervised. It's just very strange looking car and it looks fictional. It looks like something that you would almost have to justify driving to other people, but by the same token, it's so unique that I almost can't fault anything for, for any, you know, reason. Um, let's see. Uh, the actual Team Ryan, $20. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. Um, looking forward to the Crazy Taxi project. Have you looked into the legality of impersonating a taxi on the street? Seems like something some official would object to. Also, I miss Sister Carrie. Um, so I believe we got into this in uh, our review of the New York City taxi cab that came out, I want to say last August or September around there. The owner, Nathaniel, was extraordinarily knowledgeable. And if I remember correctly, it is in fact a federal offense to impersonate a taxi at least in New York city, but I would imagine that that same rule would apply. Um, but by the same token, I, we're not 
as far as I know, the, the crazy taxi project is not intended to be used as an actual taxi. Like we wouldn't be picking up fares as far as I know, it would just be all for aesthetic. Um, and maybe Brian would be giving like rides to hitchhikers with it, but not in like, well, maybe he wouldn't because I don't know that that's necessarily ideal for picking up Appalachian trail through hikers. But I will say that, um, it would be a great sort of car show car. And, um, I, I think that would be just fantastic. It'd be fascinating to just sort of have a crazy taxi car, just like Axel's car and crazy taxi. Um, but thank you so much for your question and for the, uh, the donation the very generous donation and also yeah sister carrie that should come back at some point i mean i just recently gifted a friend a copy of sister carrie because uh she very much reminds me of carrie meber and i think it's a very important book and a very compelling book that everybody should read because there's a lot to gather not only about life in at the turn of the century but also what it's like to essentially build yourself from nothing. And <laughs> I don't know, there's a lot of social lessons in there and it's just the character arcs in there are so pointed and sincere. And I really enjoy the book. I, I used to reread it once a year, every year since I graduated grad school. And it's probably time for me to start doing that again because it's been a few years, but yeah, great, great novel by Theodore Dreiser. Um, hey, Nick, my aunt got out of the hospital and she said the mechanic said he hasn't had time to go see the Grand Marquis. Well, hey, Matt, I appreciate you uh, looking out either way. Uh, Matt is looking into a Grand Marquis for me that I might be able to check out um, just in terms of uh, finding a car to replace Betty. I don't know what I'm going with yet. I'm trying to keep all my options open, keep my mind as open as possible and not... Uh, write off any sort of suggestions out of hand because I'm not in a position to do that. And also I wouldn't want to do that anyway, because I want to remain open-minded about things. So yeah. Um, let me see. Have you ever driven a stance car? Um, me personally, I've not, uh, Brian did the reviews on all the stance cars that we've done so far. And, um, yeah, I don't like the appearance. I've yet to see a stanced car that I actually think is attractive. Um, same deal with like negative camber cars. There are just some things that you can do with a, a car that I will never find appealing from a personal standpoint. Um, more power to anyone who wants to do them. I'm not going to say that like you shouldn't. But for me personally, I just don't really get it. <laughs> um it's just not something that has ever really appealed to me. Now, granted, for all I know, if I did drive one, I might actually really enjoy it, but I haven't really had many opportunities to drive one because a lot of the stance cars that we did were cars that I wasn't actually on site for um, because there are some times where like Brian does a shoot and I'm not there, which is not like some, this was back in the early days of RCR where I still had like a nine to five and uh you know, there were some shoots that I missed, or maybe I had a family thing going on. Um, but yeah, our roads are just not conducive to the stance cars as super Kami guru in the chat makes a good point about. It's just not the right thing for Pennsylvania, in my opinion, you know, um, noodles, extra MSG, uh, $5. Thank you so much. Um, how's the car search for replacing Betty? Any good Pontiac Sunfires? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I try to think of like the cars that um, had a significant place in my life as I grew up. And I would be lying if I said the Pontiac Sunfire wasn't one of them because like uh, my summit girl, my girlfriend who I was best friends with in college and who uh, I, I just always, I've never associated with anything other than love and happiness. She drove a Pontiac Sunfire and I, had so many good memories of like cruising around with her in that car that even though the car was lousy, it's just, I have these warm feelings associated with it. It's sort of like the Jetta Wolfsburg edition that Brian hated that I really liked. There's so much to be said for how a car makes you feel that's tied to how many good memories you have in a car. I mean, realistically, like Betty isn't the best car. And if I were smart, I wouldn't have stuck with her as long as I have. But I've had so many good memories that it made me want to keep kicking the can down the road and holding on to, on to it longer. Because I don't know, it's a, a, an odd sort of hubris that's compelled by emotional attachment because we do end up forming those attachments to our cars because that's just sort of how we go. And I feel that this is all almost like tied into a childhood type thing, right? Because I don't know if anybody else necessarily had this feeling, but I grew up sort of thinking of uh, everything, even inanimate objects as having a sort of spirit that there would be pain and separation that, you know, inanimate objects miss you or they miss other inanimate objects. And maybe it's like, maybe I just have undiagnosed autism or something, which I've had, I've been told this by people who are like, that's a sign of being on the spectrum somewhere, which like, I don't know how true that is, but you know, it's something that I, I find that I don't want to get rid of the car because i love the car and i invested a sort of spirit into it which is absurd to say out loud and absurd to actually believe right but um i feel like that's part of what i would want to um feel for any car that i would end up owning is a level of attachment and emotion and sincerity towards it because ideally the things that we spend a lot of our lives in like a bed or a car, you know, are things that we'll really enjoy being in, you know? Um, but thank you for the question. Um, Oh, Oh wait, no, I didn't actually answer it, but um, how's the car search going? Um, I it's going like, I'm still trying to keep an eye out for everything that I possibly could, but I also know that beggars can't be choosers and I don't really have a lot to work with here. And um, I just have to keep all my options open. I've been looking at some Hondas. I've been looking at some Toyotas. Uh, I haven't really been looking at much American stuff, not on purpose, just sort of that's the way the search has gone. But and, and nothing American really jumps out at me right now or except the things that do jump out of out at me are because they're cheap and they have better ride height. Like there's no reason that I should look into a jeep liberty from 2004 none whatsoever other than the fact that it was a loaner car given to me by my mechanic while they were working on betty and 
ultimately I came to kind of enjoy it because I was sitting a little higher. I had a lot of more, a lot more room. Uh, things weren't wrong with it. And I wasn't have to worry, worry about or having to worry about the next cylinder misfire or the next, you know, crazy check engine light issue. And I guess that's a thing where, again, the types of, experiences we have in the car engender our feelings towards the car so that even if the car is not exceptional we have a greater sense of the car's worth than it actually possesses so um it's all very it's all very speculative and everything but um yeah uh let's see um Hey, Roman, if you didn't have to commute to Mr. Regular for filming, would you get an MX-5 as the replacement for Betty? I think you would rock an MX-5, and you've reviewed, reviewed them all so you know them. Um, I, uh, I can't imagine myself ever actually wanting an MX-5 just because I feel like I would have so many problems with a car like that just from my own driving style, my own area where I live, I just think that that would end kind of badly for me, but I can't lie and say that it's not appealing because it is, but I just don't think it makes logistical sense for me. The same way that like a lot of people say, well, now's the time you should get your dream car, the AMC Eagle, because there are a lot of options still out there. And I, even if I had the money, which I don't, but if I had the money, I still don't think I would get it because I understand that it's my dream car, but it's also something that I don't feel I was ever meant to own because I live in an apartment. I don't have a house. Uh, I don't have a garage. You can't have an AMC Eagle and just street park it, you know? Um, and I don't have the kind of money that you would need to invest in the maintenance of a car that old. Um, yeah, I, It's something that would be nice in an ideal world, but Unfortunately, it's not an ideal world, and uh, but I mean, it's nice to kind of have those aspirational longings, you know, because it keeps us it keeps us honest, you know. It it keeps us from feeling like we're necessarily above owning a car that is, you know, that existed for ten years in the nineteen seventies and eighties. Uh, it keeps us humble because we recognize that the dream is what keeps us grounded, you know, something to strive for. There's meaning in the striving. Ugh, I'm beginning to sound like a cult leader. This is weird. Um, <laughs> the next step for all Mustang owners, a Corvette. I mean, not, not wrong. Uh, per your last car, or, uh, bleh, per your last pod, uh, you didn't think Betty would go for much, but I want to say that I think it'll go for at least 3K. If it's a solid frame and no major issues, that should be easy to get. I mean, so far, so good. Um, I mean, I, I don't, to my knowledge, there are no major issues. I have every single report from every single time Betty's ever been in the shop, and I have seen nothing to indicate that there's anything wrong with the engine or anything wrong with the frame. Um, but I mean, I would have to have that looked over again to just be sure. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely something. Uh, Matt Lazaro, what car was the loaner car? Uh, it was a Jeep Liberty. Um, <laughs> for the love of God, do not buy any Jeep Dodge Chrysler products. Uh, duly noted, very duly noted. Um, 
As an autistic person, I definitely agree. There are many different characteristics of autism and varying degrees to each, hence the spectrum. And that very well said. I mean, it's, you can't necessarily pin down one aspect of such a wide ranging condition. And so, yeah, I have no trouble admitting that I know nothing in that regard. Uh, but yes, let me see. I feel like I missed a question. Did I miss a question in there somewhere? Um, oh yeah, I should probably go back. Oh wait, here we go. What's your thought? Uh, Nissan Skyline GTR R33 asks, what's your thoughts on people with rose tinted glasses reminiscing about gasoline cars? As a car enthusiast, I don't really like people like that who refuse to accept the new EV wave. Um, I'm kind of mixed on it in the sense that for one, um, I think understand the um hesitation to fully embrace ev um especially in this area because i live in an area that does not have a whole lot of infrastructure for electric vehicles that aren't teslas every wawa now has like a tesla supercharger which is great i suppose if you have a tesla but if you don't have a tesla like brian has his nairo he has to find an Electrify America charging station, and those are fewer and farther between. And, you know, it's very much the, a sort of Apple versus Android sort of difference. Um, sorry, sparkling water. Um, sparkling water break. Uh, but yeah, I, I think people who have that sort of hesitation um, it's understandable. But by the same token, I don't think it's necessarily something where, you know, um, oh, whoops, sorry. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily something where uh, the type of issues that you would run into with an electric vehicle, uh, sorry, let me restate that, that statement, because I'm, I'm kind of like, read i'm doing the bad thing where i read what you all are saying while i'm trying to answer and it's screwing me up all right so basically electric vehicles are such that um i don't think we need to um romanticize gasoline powered cars in order to reject um the electric vehicle wave you can just be anti-ev but not necessarily somebody who is rose-colored glasses opinionating opinionizing bloviating whatever about gasoline-powered cars because by the same way that like you can love electric cars but you don't have to put down gasoline-powered cars to love them you know uh i think there's a very wide range of attitudes and opinions in the realm of electric cars that are not being serviced uh by the electric car movement you know you're looking to satisfy the people who are maybe not entirely sold on electric vehicles yet and i feel like that's what hybrids are for they're to get people in the room who wouldn't normally go in the room for lack of a better term uh or way of describing it it's saying hey you know um it's, it's, hmm, actually now I'm kind of wondering about that because I think with electric cars that hybrids 
are kind of like straddling both worlds while satisfying neither. Like, yes, an electric Prius is nice, but the type of person who buys an electric car is not going to get the type of electric car vibe from a Prius that they would want from a fully EV car. And a gas-powered loyalist is not going to like a, a hybrid sort of Prius. You know, it's like that very delicate balance you have to strike in presenting something that's familiar that does not come across or something that is new to a consumer, but not unfamiliar, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see what others have said. Uh, has Brian ever discussed his mileage range with his EV now that it's been cold this winter? I drive a Prius Prime and the electric miles per gallon portion drops like a rock in cold weather. Um, I don't recall, I want to say he does in one of the electric vehicle reviews that is not his Niro, but I might be mistaken. Um, I do know, or at least I feel that it uh, does drop, but maybe not as significantly as others, but I might be misremembering a conversation we had. So don't take my word as gospel. <laughs> I mean, don't take my word as gospel for anything. Let's be honest. Uh, let's see. Is your apartment complex's management company even paying lip service to EV charging, or are they deliberately eschewing the opportunity to attract EV owners to the complex? Um, I mean, like, I don't really know how, EV charging would even work in this complex <laughs> just because I don't know where the room for it would be because this thing has been here for so long I would imagine that it wasn't really taken into account as something that was even possible back when this was built but and I imagine it's true of many apartment complexes that are that way so yeah um let's see oh I saw engineering explains video on Mazda proposing a rotary hybrid your thoughts um we talked a little about this earlier, but it's interesting to me because, especially in terms of this conversation, I feel like this would be the type of thing that does straddle the line of both worlds in the correct way. You know, it's um, it's got that sort of uh, gas-powered internal combustion sort of vibe, but with you know, the, the comforts and trappings of an electric vehicle so that you're getting the best of both worlds hypothetically, but would it really sell is the question. And I'm not sure because I feel like the trends in the auto industry right now are veering towards safe and comfortable, not really big on risk taking. But obviously, over time, that's going to change because everything new is going to come across as a risk, whether it is or not. So that's something to look into um, to get people, you know, get mouths and tongues wagging. Uh, let's see. Uh, so I'm just going to finish out my list of car or cars that don't exist that I I love that I kind of wish did exist. Um, this is very, very obscure, but it's from Final Fantasy VIII, and it's the Seed personal carrier vehicle. It's the sort of transport of the teenage military. It's such an odd-looking thing, because it's like this crossover truck SUV thing that people pile into and just sort of sit in, but it's like an air airplane, one of those military airplane things where the back drops out and you're just, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. And if you look it up online, I'm telling you seed 
personal carrier vehicle. So weird, um, but wonderful. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Homer from The Simpsons, like the car that Homer Simpson designs. As a kid, I always wanted to ride in that car because I love the idea of the passengers, the rear passengers being in their own separate bubble away from the drivers. Because it's like, you know, you're a kid, you want to be able to have your own like little world. You have like all your video games and all your snacks and all that other stuff for the long drive, but also you're not having to listen solely to what the adults are listening to. And, uh, I don't know. Appearance-wise, it's just such a silly-looking car that I couldn't imagine it being anything other than fun. So, what are you going to do? And uh, honorable mention to the Maibatsu Thunder from GTA Vice City. And I say honorable mention because we never actually see the car. It's only described in the radio advertisements. And I've seen a lot of like concept art, or not concept art, but like fan art online of it. And all of them look like super cool. I, I can't even complain. So uh, that's really cool. And then my personal favorite fictional car is the Batmobile from batman 1989 uh well it's like neck and neck with the batmobile from batman the animated series but i've always loved michael keaton's batmobile and it's something that is just such a an iconic and imposing sort of car that i i don't know it's just so impressive to me in a very abstract and weird way it's so in evocative of the sort of gothic trappings of tim burton's gotham and i've always loved that car it's just when i think batmobile that's kind of what i think of and so it's great but yeah those are my five the pizza shooter from ninja turtles uh the spinners from blade runner 89 batmobile seed personal carrier vehicle the homer and shout out to the Maibatsu thunder but yeah <laughs> canyon arrow from the simpsons yeah, that's another good one you know seats 35 uh let's see uh final fantasy uh, final fantasy 8 had great vehicles glad someone else uh, noticed um let's see uh noodles extra msg says nissan is trying their hand in foreign markets with their e-power serial hybrids they suck <laughs> fair um, worse real world mile per, miles per gallon than conventional hybrids. Not sure how a Mazda rotary generator would be better. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it's something that I think is, um, hmm. Well, wait, is it a rotary engine or a rotary generator? Cause I feel like I'm, I'm greatly confusing what the issue is here. Let me, let me get my own laptop over here and look this up um let's see mazda rotary hybrid hmm let us see this is riveting podcasting i know just amazing compelling all of that um let's see plug-in hybrid as the rotary engine returns to Mazda's lineup for the first time since 2012. Uh, since 2012? I had no idea it was going that long. I mean, I guess that's kind of like the time dilation that goes on in your brain as you get older, where years seem shorter, but the days seem longer. It's very odd. Um, 
Yeah, let's see. While the MX-30 had been sold in the United States purely as an EV, a mild hybrid version with Mazda's Skyactiv G 2.2-liter inline-four was offered in Japan, Australia, and New Zealand. Mazda's U.S. division has yet to mention the MX-30R EV, but we expect the plug-in hybrid version to arrive in the United States for the 2023 model year, and sales will likely expand beyond California, where the all-electric MX-30 had been limited to. More details on U.S. availability should arrive after the rotary engine crossover is revealed this Friday. Um, yeah, I think it's something that is less of a proper rotary engine and something that seems a lot more similar to just a general generator type of thing that, you know, yeah, see, Hunter Bigelow, he says, uh, uh <laughs> it's a rotary generator. So yeah, it's, it's something that is different, I think, than what people are expecting, um, but, um, hmm, I do wonder to what extent it would be a good pairing with an electric motor, if for no other reason than because, I don't know, rotaries, they seem so singular in their construction that to sort of pair them with something else as part of a setup like a hybrid would have. Ugh, I don't know. Like, eh. yeah, I'm just like looking at a, a lot of this information here to try to figure out, you know, exactly what it is that is getting people hyped about this um i don't know <laughs> i i am i wish i i wish i had a more a more in-depth way to kind of express my ambivalence towards this rotary if for no other reason than because in the abstract it should work, you know, um, it, it should be that thing that, like I said earlier, is the perfect sort of straddling of the two lines between both worlds where you have a, a car that can satisfy both internal combustion enthusiasts and EV enthusiasts. But um, I'm wondering if, how versatile that setup would really be in the grand scheme of things. Um, let me see what you guys are saying. Uh, oh no, don't test the EV in California, please. 50% of our stations in San Diego alone are dead in the water. Why is that? I hadn't heard of that before. Um, let's see. Uh, Uh, the thing with rotary engines is they're best at one particular RPM and they can have it turn the generator at that RPM. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they did make the seals a little bigger in the Mazda EB. Like they at least took note that the seals were a fault. Um, let's see the appeal of the rotary as a generator is that it's much more compact than an engine. Oh, okay. That, that, tracks of course yeah uh, i mean and obviously you're keeping everything sort of 
um, streamlined, low weight. Presumably, you're not using as many components, maybe, uh, so that maybe you're keeping costs down a little bit more. I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but um, let's see. Nobody is repairing our EV stations or charge stations. Plus, some are rated at the watts the station was made for, but the cables only provide level two charging watts. Hmm. Uh, contracting to build an EV station, you can build it and get a bunch of kickbacks here, then literally never fix it again, too. All right, so that seems like another huge problem that we were going to run into with the proliferation of electric vehicles. Even as the infrastructure starts to develop to sustain it, is that who's holding, who's maintaining accountability here in terms of what people are doing to keep these cars, these stations uh, feasible for people in the future? You know, it's like, it's one thing to be able to have a bunch of gas stations because you'll have competition between the gas stations so that if one gas station is not necessarily wanting to uh i don't know if one gas station fails or if one gas station isn't ideal then they're going to go to another gas station but when you're charging and say you need an electrify america charging station and there's only one in there it's like you're stuck with that one charging station you can't just go to the tesla supercharger until they come up with some sort of i don't know have they come up with that sort of like you know uh uh that hookup where you can kind of you know the equivalent of being able to you know switch out an apple port for an android one something that you would be able to charge your non-tesla car at a tesla charging station like i don't actually know and that's something i should probably look into as just for my own personal knowledge base so that i'm not just ignorant about things uh but yeah uh electrify america it seems that they didn't allocate money for repairs only installations yeah that is very problematic and going to be very problematic um we have a lot of issues with evs it's not just necessarily california but nobody seems to care when you call the 1-800 number on the ev station that says hey i'm broken call me yeah that that is just <laughs> the more i'm reading about this the more uh sketch this all seems vw was like oh you want us to install chargers and then does a half-assed job. Ugh. I mean, that just... Uh, have you seen where Tesla will open up a bunch of superchargers to other makes? Seems like it would be a good revenue stream. Yeah, that seems like the obvious path forward to kind of open it up and, you know, make it so that it's more accessible to other cars and you're not just doing the Apple thing of, like, you can only use our chargers and our technology and nobody else can use our technology. But I also understand why it would be lucrative to remain proprietary so that nobody else uses those things um let's see i hope it gets better i'm not hating on it it just seems to not work very well over here um understandable uh, alex gonzo says antitrust or right to repair laws would have to be used to force ev station builders to care mm. Hunter Bigelow, Tesla will open 7,500 superchargers to non-Tesla electric vehicles by the end of 2024. Uh, that is a significant investment, and I think it will probably pay off for them under the presumption that those stations are well-maintained. Um, yeah. Very interesting stuff.
Oh, um, I like this format of Nick and you. Well, thank you. Um, a question. Do you have anything in mind to replace the Mustang? Greetings from Chile. Uh, right now, I, I'm trying not to have my mind set on any one thing because I feel like expectations are perfectly designed to foster disappointment. And I don't want to preemptively disappoint myself by wanting to get something and then not being able to. I want to keep my mind and options open and so that I can get whatever best suits me in that moment. And I understand like what suits me might not be the thing I actually want, but it, again, it's like I'm in a position where I don't really get to choose. Um, or I get to choose, but it's not like I have the full limit or the, the full limitless possibilities that, you know, maybe someone a little better off would have, which again, not complaining. I, I, I'm fine. I'm paying my bills. Things are good. Um, I'm not, you know, just dropping off the face of the earth. I just, you know, I just don't have the same flexibility of options that other people might have. And, I mean, that's okay. It's nobody else's fault. It's all me. I made the choices that put me here. I went to grad school. I didn't have to go to grad school. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have medical bills. I have all these things that accumulate over time that everybody else has. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's adulthood. And that's kind of the struggle. But I do want something that I don't have to worry about anymore because I just, I can't afford to keep sinking money into a car that's just going to keep having all these problems. And that's partially why I'm so far behind where I need to be because I held on longer than I should have because I don't know, it's affection, but it's also inertia. It's the notion that I don't want to because it would be hard. And I think too often we make life harder for ourselves by avoiding doing the hard thing and so i'm trying to be a little bit kinder to myself this year and kinder to the people i care about which is not to say that i haven't been kind but rather that the best sort of kindness is where you show that you care about people by doing things that are in their interest which sounds, it's a very odd way of putting it. What I mean to say is I want to be able to take care of the people I love and not, not delay that responsibility by continuing to do things that serve only me. I just, selfishness doesn't serve anybody but yourself and there's nowhere for it to go, really. That doesn't mean don't take care of yourself. That doesn't mean don't meet your own needs. It's just take into consideration other people. Um, let's go down. Uh, Waz Sounds, California, or why did I say California? It's Canadian. Uh, $13.99. Hello, here's a couple bucks for the next ride. Been enjoying watching the hunt. Hope a grandma owned Corolla comes your way. P.S. Are you aware of the YouTuber Curious Cars? Entertaining guy. Um, I am not aware. I will have to check that out. Um, thank you for the recommendation. Thank you for the super chat. Every red cent is so appreciated. Even if it's just like, it can be anything. Like, honestly, I, I don't, I'm just so appreciative of you guys and your viewership, your support, your comments, everything. I, I just, 
I cannot fathom being a luckier person in this life than I am right now. And you guys are part of the reason why I feel as lucky as I do, why I have a job that I get to do that I truly love. And I get to talk with, you know, you guys who are generally and genuinely some of the best and most engaging viewership on the internet for my money. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I see some of the comments and fandom that other sort of YouTubers have not even necessarily car YouTubers, but just YouTubers in general. And they don't really engage in the same way that you guys do. And I swear, I'm not just blowing smoke, but it's something where, you know, there's a level of thoughtfulness there that I always really appreciate. And so thank you for being you. Um, Boris T.S. Karloff, $2. Thank you so much. Esker Outcome, uh, $1.99. Thank you so much. Um, Tom Ponce, or Tom Ponce, like in Puerto Rico. Um, how do we donate to this venture and not let YouTube get their greedy hands on it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, these, this is probably the best way. Um, I would also, I don't know, like just, um, if you want to like, look up if, see, here's the thing is that whatever I get, I want to be able to earn it. That's why, like, I didn't want, I don't want Brian to like, get me something from like our, our business account or his business account rather. Um, Cause that's for the crazy taxi. Cause people are saying like, well, you should do a GoFundMe. Like what happened when um, the, in the very early days of RCR, when the Toyota echo that we were using as a camera car got totaled and it was either like we do a GoFundMe or RCR is over. Like it dies and it's smothered in the crib. Um, and luckily people came through in a matter of like 24 or 48 hours. Um, and, uh, that's how he was able to get the, um, the echo. Oh, did I say that he told the echo? No, he, Oh wait, no, no, no. Yeah. It was the echo. And then he got a Honda fit. So silicone Sally. Uh, yeah. And that's how we were able to continue to get RCR going. Um, but I don't want to do something like that. Not because, I guess I don't want to say it's a pride thing. I really don't. Um, because I understand that at some point you have to take the people into account that you care about and that you need to take care of and that you want to take care of, um, which is not to say that they can't take care of themselves. It's just that I want to be an active participant in the lives of the people I love. Um, but rather that I feel that there would be a certain a certain guilt um because whatever i get i want to earn it um which is not to say that brian didn't earn the fit he earned every single red cent that was donated for him to get the fit he earned that and uh i think i think that if I were to do a GoFundMe for a new car, maybe it would do well, maybe it wouldn't, but it would, I would struggle because I already have so many 
issues resolve or revolving around imposter syndrome. Um, it's it. I, I want to be able to earn the life that I have. I've done the work. Yeah. Um, but there was some luck involved. Uh, like I would love to believe that it was just like talent or something, but this is also not to say that people in other aspects of life don't have luck happen to them. Like in all success exists luck, some measure of luck, but, um, sometimes even more than talent, but I just feel like I went for such a long time in RCR as being the guy who like the minute he's on, um, people sort of tune out, uh, like if I have a Monday video, it doesn't really do that as well as a Brian video, which I understand not a complaint. Um, it's just a fact, you know, uh, because Brian's the voice, he's the guy and he's the mind. And yeah, I write like half of the scripts every Monday, but it's something that my writerly voice is different and my actual voice is different. And so everything comes out in a different way, but um, yeah, I should stop comparing myself to Brian. You're absolutely right because there is nothing to profit from comparison. We are different and our, um, our, superpower is our difference right because brian views things differently than i do but those views can be complementary in bringing a review to fruition so um yeah that that would be i have to accept that i'm me and brian's brian but that there are strengths in that you know um because i do feel like we need each other like Rentastrophe says down here, I love that you're giving credit to, I need someone else with me to make this happen. Because like, there is no RCR without Brian. Like, obviously he created this, right? Um, he brought me on because he, I don't know, we, we, we were friends, we hung out, we talked about cars, we made fun of cars. And he's told me that he respected my opinion and my writing and that's why he brought me on and i have been so appreciative of that because it feels like that's where the gravy is right of like the whole rcr works because it is an amalgamation of two viewpoints that sometimes uh align and sometimes contradict each other but are still able to be um, placed together into a cohesive narrative. And I feel like there's nothing, there's nobody out there who's really doing what we do, how we do it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and there are so many great YouTubers that I really admire. Um, and I've had the, incredible privilege of meeting a lot of them um the uh um i'm just thinking of like i got to like meet the straight pipes i got to hang out with 
freaking gears and gasoline. I've got to, gotten to podcast with a smoking tire multiple times. I've gotten to hang out with that dude in blue. Um, do it with Dan. Uh, so many awesome, awesome people that, yeah, I've, I've just, and each one of them adds so much to the automotive YouTube community in different ways. And I'd like to think that we do too. Um, so yeah, I don't know how I got on this topic. Um, but thank you for the kind words, uh, Brentastrophe and Anon Imidi. Um, Doug DeMuro. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was forgetting. God, Doug is so nice. Like he's, and Tavarish too. I like, uh, like I, I would talk to Tavarish on Facebook. Um, he's a really good dude. Um, Doug DeMiro is just like such a nice, when I was doing my like Christmas music video where I had all the automotive YouTubers like make cameos and he was literally, if he wasn't the first, he was the second uh, who got back to me and was just so happy to like, just do the cameo. Really cool guy. Really, really cool guy. And I'm so proud of like all his success because it proves that like a guy from Southeast PA can do it, you know? Um, but yeah. Uh, I will do more um, songs in the future for future reviews. Um, I just need to find the right like songs and the right time and place for them. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, the sad thing is that cheap cars like the Echo no longer exist in the U.S. market. The entry Corolla is comparatively swanky. Well, yeah. Although I find like Camrys are also kind of... Um, kind of in right now it, at least in the used market holy shit well, tom ponce that, well, oh oh god uh, thank you so much <laughs> oh oh all right uh, uh just checking to make sure that that's not a mistake that you're offering a 100 super chat but if that's not a mistake thank you so much um i <laughs> oh fudge i don't even know how to um i'm gonna get like like goosebumps a little uh i i just don't i whoo, whoo. thank you so much <laughs> thank you uh i i am um completely blown away by that in incredible generosity thank you so so much um he says your voice is a nice break from brian's flatulence <laughs> I, I hey i have a flatulence too i just they've all been silent tonight so far um you're a brilliant writer, dude. Here's to the new Betty. Um, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart. I, I do not, this is so far beyond, and you know, this is not to like necessarily uh, say that the other donations um, weren't great. They are, like I said, every little, every big, every red cent that you offer from your own like very hard-earned money is so appreciated and i wish that like i could find a way to like truly express how meaningful this is because i don't think that just saying these things express it enough but thank you tom thank you so much um i i just like i am so humbled by that uh yeah thank thank you thank you um yeah, this is this is kind of wild. Um, yeah, 
Uh, well, my mind was kind of, my mind is blown. My mind is ridiculously blown. Um, this is also the new record for like the, the most super chats I think I've ever gotten in a solo stream, uh, which is interesting because, um, I think part of it is because I, I try to answer so many, um, of the regular chat questions that it's almost like, well, why do a super chat? <laughs> um, but I can't stop going into the regular chat to answer things because I just think it's important that everybody kind of feels heard or at least don't feel like they're being ignored because they don't pay. You know, it's like certain things. Um, Bong juice, $1. Thank you. Thank you for that dollar. <laughs> Pretend it's a hundred. <laughs> I am going to do that. You, you, you just like, you trust me, I am going to do that. And, uh, good youtuber vibe is recognizing you love your community yeah absolutely and love the people who get you there love just love and on the subject of love i think somebody asked like if i'm married and i'm not but um i don't know i wear this ring because i love my girlfriend and um we had had this idea like i had had this idea like a long ago of just wearing a promise ring because I don't know. She means that much to me. So, um, yeah. So if you see a ring, like I'm not married, but I don't know in my mind, I might as well be <laughs> it's one of those things. Uh, she's like the best thing that's happened to me. Um, yeah. Uh, mind is still blown. Um, what? Oh my God, Tom, come on now, Tom. <laughs> oh God. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, wow. Uh, what? Oh, God, Tom. Thank you so much. Dude, I don't know. I, I just, yo. I don't well, This guy is, oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I am, I am blown away right now. Um, <laughs> I am so, oh my gosh. I feel bad for the people who listen to this later on like iTunes or Spotify um, because this is just like me fangirling out over just something that's happening in the live chat. But Tom, Tom, thank you. Thank you. I don't know. Like, I, I just, like, it doesn't feel like enough to just say thank you, you know? I, I just, like, I, but, I don't know, thank you is what I have, and I, I just need you to know that I appreciate this from, like, the depths of my entire soul. This is just so unexpected and so far beyond what I thought was possible that I am, I am just speechless. Uh, that's feet pick money. <laughs> oh yeah. You never give those away for free. Um, everyone here can agree. You've put in the work. Thank you. Bong juice. That means a lot. Tom, the bomb. Like he absolutely earned that nickname. Dude is the bomb. Um, if Roman gets another hundred, he can afford the Geo Metro from one of the latest videos. <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, that was not a bad car at all, really. It was actually like, 
very sensible, especially for a guy in my position where, you know, I think it's very budget conscious with the amount of fuel efficiency it has. I don't think that was a bad car whatsoever. Um, I mean, it just wasn't very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, so what do you know? Um, oh, McHackie the Saw. Thank you so much. $20. That is huge to me because, again, it's like anything, everything, whatever. I'll like, you guys, you're, you're like keeping me like sane. Um, I'm, many things are keeping me sane. I'm, I'm just saying like, I, I, I don't know how to talk anymore. I've forgotten how to have the ability to talk. So that will be, uh, yeah. Um, love the shirt and keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much. Um, it's funny. I wanted to, um, have one shirt for each of the life and death RCR stories that I did. So I have a Pontiac shirt, I have an AMC shirt and I have a Saab shirt and they're all, I didn't intend for it to be this way, but, um, they're all sort of, um, this fake patina purposely distressed look. Um, I guess I just didn't notice that when I ordered these shirts, but I like it. I like the appearance. Um, I mean, the Pontiac shirt doesn't have that like distressed look, but it's whatever. Uh, I, and so, I mean, I guess I am going to have to get a fourth one now, um, or make a fourth one, uh, with a cricket machine, uh, that, uh, my girlfriend has that, uh, represents the next life and death video, which, um, funny story, people who know what it's about, know what it's about. I already mentioned this in the last like live cast, but, um, it did change from being about a guy to being a life and death video because for several reasons, first and foremost is life and death does better in the YouTube algorithm for whatever reason. So I was going to call this like the tragedy of this guy um, or the, um, the incredible legend of this guy. But I don't know that those terms are necessarily as friendly as the life and death of company the guy ran but the problem is is that the name of the company that this guy ran is not as clean as say like the life and death of pontiac the life and death of Saab, the life and death of amc it's kind of an unwieldy name and so i'm trying to figure out a way to title this that will make it most algorithm friendly um but yeah it's uh just i can't wait for this video to come out because i think it's it's not as long as the other life and death videos. I want to say it's going to clock in at around like an hour 30 ish, but, um, it is one of the more cinematic stories that I've told. Um, mostly because it, it was cinematic like it did get turned into a movie. So that is definitely something. Um, wagon waifu, $10. Thank you so much. I'm, I am just so bold over that super chats are continuing to come in. Um, I was happy like when any were coming in at all. Like I was prepared for this to be a, like a $30 stream, which I, I would have been happy with that. But you guys have been pulling through in ways that I can't even like express 
and I am so grateful for it. Um, so let me actually read your question. Um, <laughs> Super chat go, brrr, hoping this karmically leads me in the coming months to replace a lifeboat car with something boring, reliable, and manual. You deserve every dollar. Um, well, thank you for the kind words and best of luck. I mean, if I can send any karma, good karma your way, um, I hope you have it because everybody deserves something reliable, dude. Like everybody, not just, um, you know, perfect, uh, perfectly responsible people, you know, um, who have everything together. Um, nothing wrong with that, of course optimally everybody would have everything together and we nobody would have stress whatsoever um or actually i think stress is probably necessary in the world in some small way uh but everybody deserves to have a car that they can drive from point a to point b without worrying is this the day where i'm gonna have to go to or i'm gonna have to call a tow truck to take it to a mechanic and then find out it's gonna cost 1500 bail it out that is not something that people should have to worry about every single day of their lives. And uh, not that I worry about it every single day of my life, but still it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's just something that I think people kind of overlook in choosing cars that they actually work. And it goes to the RCR hierarchy of needs. Like, I forget what video that was in, and I'm sure somebody in the comments could actually say it, but I went to Brian with the idea that, like, you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs? What if we came up with an RCR hierarchy of needs? And Brian was, like, totally on board with it and came up with, like, three really great ones. I think I came up with, like, one or two of the needs. Uh, but I think an overlooked, like, step in the needs are is reliability because too often we're looking at what's going to be the most impressive thing what's going to be the most fun thing what's going to be the most consistent thing that's not going to depreciate in value even though a car depreciates in value from the very minute you get it it's something that is constantly dropping in value unless you put value back into it um i think reliability is just such a huge thing and i think especially because I guess my family, it's, it's something where I am constantly, um, worried about them, uh, being okay. I'm worried about my girlfriend being okay. I want her to have like things that, um, that work <laughs> and she wants me to have things that work. And so th that's kind of a, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think reliability, it should be farther up the chain of the hierarchy of needs than maybe expected. Um, Wagon Waifu says, it's kind of difficult to come off selling two beloved manual cars out of necessity and have to rely on a hand-me-down that has already had a bunch of money sunk into it. I completely understand that. And one of the reasons why is because I don't know if I'm making the right decision in selling Betty, um, I don't know that she still drives well. She drives fine. You wouldn't know anything was wrong because for all I know, nothing is wrong, but 
so many things have gone wrong over time and I have put so much money into maintaining her that I can't keep doing this. But I don't know that the next thing I get won't have all those same problems and potentially more or new problems. And I won't find myself in a much deeper hole than I ever could have been with Betty, you know? So that's part of the calculus that goes into deciding what I'm going to get and deciding whether or not this is even a good idea, but I suppose it's already, the wheels are already in motion. Um, my initial goal was to have Betty sold before the end of May, because that's when her inspection is due, or the, the end of April, not May. Um, and because like, if something is wrong, I don't know that I have the money to cover what's wrong, but I feel like I should still take her in for inspection anyway, on the off chance that things aren't wrong, in which case I can get that sticker. Maybe the things that she needs are all very cheap things to get her up to passing inspection and then drive her for a little bit longer so that then I can save up a little bit more money to get something a little bit more reliable or better. That's not just uh, $3,000 or whatever. Um, why not just lease the cheapest thing possible? Um, I just don't want to take on more debt, I guess. Um, although I suppose that uh, that's kind of a dumb statement when you consider how much I've sunk into the Mustang. It could have been money better spent elsewhere. Um, maybe if I had leased from the beginning that it would all be better. But um I told this story on the last podcast and I'm going to tell it in the video that I make about Betty that I'm editing now, um, that I bought Betty in cash all in one shot, um, from money that I made from writing for a show on the Esquire network. And, um, it was up until that point in my life, it was the most money I'd ever seen in my life at one time. And even then it only barely covered the cost of Betty. Um, so I, uh, it was meaningful to me to have a car that was fully mine outright and that I didn't really have to answer to anybody for it. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wait i get more live views than nick that said this guy's actually good he's worked for esquire network i mean let's be real like most people get more live views than i do um even if i were doing this like i've done a roman and you on the main rcr channel and that didn't really get a lot of live views this was years ago but um, that's okay. Like, I don't have any sort of like bitterness or resentment about like not being as popular. Um, because I understand that like the reason that I, that it doesn't bug me is because the people who, who, um, do like and appreciate me go so far out of the, their way to make sure that I know it, that how could I be bitter about that? Like, how could I be upset that I don't get as many views but I may be getting like twice as much kindness, twice as much sincerity and heartfelt comments. You know, I, I just, it's all very appreciative. 
uh, all very appreciated. So, um, yeah. Um, if you're getting a different car, you got to be mentally prepared for at least 1K in repairs. Uh, true story. Um, although, oddly enough, um, I uh, Betty needed almost nothing. She just needed a new fan. That was literally the only thing. Oh, and the rear defrost didn't work. But um, And so we fixed that. But then I didn't have any problems with Betty for like the first year and a half like just didn't need to go to a mechanic um just for inspection and even then it was just little things but yeah she would pass um so i was kind of surprised because i thought like well you know i was almost prepared for her to be a lemon but even though i test drove her and didn't think um i didn't think uh that it would um be as reliable as it is but yeah um better than my little bro he spent 40k on a used si and didn't even realize its suspension was aftermarket and going to eat tires oh that's unfortunate um i missed a couple of these comments up here i just want to read some of them so just bear with me um makes sense my dad would talk about how you could fix a car with a cheap wrench set but would be lucky if you hit 100k we got a van with 420k that just keeps going now but is a pain to work on yeah, that sounds exhausting. I mean, honestly, that just that much work, you know, um, go with what you love because you know what you're looking for. Just don't fall into the hole of, I love so-and-so car, but repair costs are too much. F it, I'll get it anyways. That's good advice. You know, it's true. Um, as it happens, I feel like that Geo Metro video was a cue for me. Brian narrated about stripping things back to basics. It's true. Yeah. Um, and he was making a good point uh, about that. Now I'm wondering if that part of the script was me or Brian. But either way, I mean, if Brian if Brian put it in the script, he probably it means he agreed with it. So it was him making the point. <laughs> That's all that matters. Um, let me see. Uh, you said it may or may not need rear pads for next inspection. That's really cheap to fix. His pads are like thirty dollars even at mechanic markup. If nothing else, that's mint until you have the funds. That's that's definitely worth looking into. Um, absolutely. Um, and honestly, I love my previous RSX and Civic, but they had both been someone's project. The RSX to a far lesser extent than the Civic, which had a whole ass engine swap. Wow. That's kind of a... Wow. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I, there's a super chat. Sorry, I, I missed that. Uh, first, last, $10. A long overdue contribution to the, for the greatest car review in YouTube history, PT Cruiser. Thank you so much. Um, reliability is an underappreciated luxury till things go sideways. Absolutely. So true. Um, thank you so much for the $10. And thank you for the kind words about the PT Cruiser. To this day, I still don't know that we've topped it. Like for me personally, I feel like it's the complete, um, the complete apotheosis of what RCR is and can be. Like, I feel like if you want to show people what, regular car reviews is you should probably show them the pt cruiser just because it is i don't know for lack of a better comparison it's kind of our citizen kane i guess <laughs> um now i'm sure that there are people who feel that it is it has been topped or that you know we've done better um or worse you know it's there was a recent article on jalopnik counting down like our 10 best reviews or something that was very um very nice but 
uh, and I think the cruiser was on there. I don't even remember if it was a numbered list. I was just so honored to have the AMC Eagle video on there just because I put a lot of work into that. And um, I didn't think a solo, a Roman solo video would ever make that list or any of those things. And so I was just like so happy about it. Um, Not because I didn't think I deserved to be on the list, but just because I feel like my videos, my solo videos that aren't RCR stories and really the ones that aren't life and death of videos tend to just get seen less. So yeah, I'm just incredibly thankful for all that. Um, so are you going to get an Eagle wagon? Probably already been asked. Um, actually, no, no one's really asked me that. Uh, uh, I mean, people have said, Hey, get an Eagle, but no one's really asked if I would. And I always go back to the default answer for that for me, which is that, um, I, I just am not at a point in my life where I can responsibly take care of an AMC Eagle or really afford one. Um, but even if I could afford one, again, I can't really afford one because I the maintenance on a 40-year-old car or longer or whatever, um, it's, it's just too great for me. And because I don't have a garage, I live in an apartment, I don't – I'm not able to really care for the car in the way that it needs caring for like I would never want to street park an AMC Eagle wagon. I, I just wouldn't. Um, I love the car. It's just, I can accept that sometimes dream cars are meant to be dream cars, but not to be owned. Um, sort of a never meet your heroes thing, except I did meet my hero. It's just, I don't own my hero. So yeah. Uh, I would show either the PT Cruiser or the 2014 Malibu and then the 2003 Tacoma video from early on as the ways to introduce the channel to a new watcher. Uh, was the Malibu the one that Brian was drunk for? Because if so, I totally agree. I thought that video was hilarious and he basically wrote the entire thing himself, if I remember right. All I did was a song um, and he just... I. It was. It's fun in that way to watch RCR from the perspective of a fan who like because i had nothing to do with that video um or at least i'm remembering having nothing to do with it maybe i threw in like a couple of jokes or something but i was mostly just watching it as a fan and enjoying it in that way and it was just very funny and fun to me so um yeah i love that video uh Correction, pads may be 50 at mechanic markup. My bad, more expensive than I realized. Uh, no worries, dude, you're good. Um, don't buy Red Wings if you can't afford mink oil kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I treat an endearing car just like an older video game. You were trying for something even if the tech wasn't there. That's a good way of uh, putting it. Um, I'm still holding out hope that you'll be able to find a decent auto S197 V6 Mustang in red. It might be foolish optimism, but I hope you can step into another Mustang really soon. Um, that is a very kind sentiment, and I very much appreciate it. I will say, though, that I think I'm kind of past Mustangs. I got to have the experience, and it was good. Um, even in the hard times, it was good. But I just I don't think I could do it again so soon after this just because I don't know. I, I, I want a different experience this time. I want, ideally I would like a greater ride height, um, something that would be better in different elements. But again, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, and I have to get whatever it is that I can afford that is reasonable. 
obviously I'm going to look for something that I'm going to enjoy or at least think that I'm going to enjoy, but yeah, um, maybe, uh, who knows? I, I can't close my, uh, my mind to anything. I, I just can't, I have to keep my mind open. Uh, my Mount Rushmore of RCR is the PD Cruiser, which Corvette is best Corvette, the life and death of Mickey Thompson, and the Ford Centurion conversion truck, which Subaru is best Subaru is adjacent. Uh, that's a hell of a Mount Rushmore, and I'm privileged that anybody even does have a Mount Rushmore of RCR videos. Uh, it just means that we kind of have a good library that people can enjoy, and that makes me really happy. I love the idea that people can binge RCR. I love the idea that people can kind of just throw on an RCR playlist to fall asleep because I feel like the biggest compliment that you can pay a YouTuber is that <laughs> I use your videos to fall asleep because that's what I use YouTube for. And, um, I, the most watched video I think that I've ever had on YouTube, um, that I've ever watched on YouTube is, um, Metal Gear Solid 4 was a mistake by Stake Bentley. Uh, I use that video to fall asleep so often and I'll just put it on repeat because I kind of like the way that like falling asleep to a video winds its way into your dreams and then you wake up at certain parts that, I don't know, I'm waking up at this part that entertains me uh, or something. And it's just, I, I don't know, maybe it's just a me thing, but it's weird. Uh, maybe Hoovy has a car you can buy and do a collab video on. Um, it's, that's definitely like, I remember Hoovy mentioned when he when i reached out to him about the christmas music video for 2020 with all the automotive youtuber cameos that he said we could come down to his place whenever and drive his stuff and i didn't know if the offer still stood um i think brian reached out to him and i think he might have said it still does um but i might be misremembering maybe i did another like weird dream thing that i confused with reality because apparently that's something i do um, when I can't sleep, I use life and death of AMC that see, that is like an amazing, like privilege to me. Like that's a compliment. Like, I feel like some people would be offended by the idea that their videos are used to help people fall asleep, but I think it's something else that's different. It implies a sort of comfort food vibe. Um, I have comfort videos. Um, and I, uh, I would be honored to have any of my videos considered a comfort video for someone else. Um, you saved my life when I was on a meth binge. Really? Uh, if, if that's, wow, if that's true. Um, hey, no matter what, I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm just, I needed sleep. Um, oh, I see. Well, hey, I'm glad you're here, Inspector. Um, just stick around, you know? Uh, life is struggle and, you know? But life isn't only struggle. I think the interesting thing about life is the impermanence of it all. Because uh, the impermanence of situations, good and bad, um, so that nothing bad necessarily lasts forever. So I don't know. Thank you for being here. Thank you for still being here. And uh, keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Uh, we had a PT, kept it running. Last year, we sold it to an old guy for his grandson. 
sorry, my brain just like short circuited there because I thought like you saved or you bought it, you sold it to an old guy in exchange for his grandson. And I'm just like, why would like, what's wrong with my mind that I would think that that's what the sentence was conveying. Um, a week later, it was abandoned on a freeway impounded and junked. We got our three K for it, but what in the actual, yeah, that's rough. That is so rough. Um, I'm sorry that happened to you, dude. Um, Mr. Headcrab, I was going to mention mom gaining comfort from the Cameron Diaz experience video again, but there's no way I can top saved my life. Hey, I'm glad that she got any sort of comfort or value from that at all. Um, that video was me sort of working through some things related to my anxiety, just like, um, just like the sort of um, the video that I'm editing right now about Betty. I do have something that I've been sort of concealing for a while regarding me and cars that I talk about in the video. Um, and I was always afraid that if I said these things that people would like me less, then I feel like there's, there's this messed up part of my brain. That's kind of like, how much do they even like you to begin with? And I understand that that's not a, a it's not, something that has any basis in reality uh people are good to me people are kind to me and so i have to stop letting the dark parts of my brain win that's why i'm in therapy that's why i communicate with the people i love so that there is that sense of communication and i don't allow my mind to take hold of myself in a way that causes me to constantly be self-deprecating because I grew up with that self-deprecating sense of humor. And so it's the sort of default that I go back to when I'm not feeling like myself um, or even when I am, it's just sort of a fallback and it's not a healthy fallback. So I should probably stop doing it. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. Would you consider financing a sub 15 K car with tax title down? You're looking at a monthly of less than $300. Hmm. I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world by any means, but I don't know. I get, I just, There are reasons why I, I don't think I would want to. And there, I can't find a way to answer this question that doesn't, that doesn't make somebody upset. <laughs> um, and so, and by that, I mean, like, I don't know, like I, if I'm going to offend somebody, I'm probably just going to do it in a, in a, a Monday video rather than just a live stream, but no, here, let me explain it this way. Um, I just think if I were to finance something that there are certain people in my life who are important to me, who might think less of me. And that's what I'm worried about because I care about what other people think, which um, is my 
toxic flaw. Because I do want to be respected for who I am or liked for who I am, even in spite of all my flaws. And I have a lot of them, but I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just looking for a cleaner way out of the hole in which I've put myself by not being smarter by not having the like financial literacy to be smarter. And so I'm trying to learn things and be better and be more of an adult and be more of an actual person. And that's taking a lot of work and growth in my life. And I'm proud of myself for process. It's not an open. Um, see. The payments suck, but it does beat the years of going through clunkers like I was before. That was madly stressful and expensive either way. Um, that's true. That's a good point. Um, finance is messy business, but like not a bad decision. Um, are you talking about Dave Ramsey? I don't know a Dave Ramsey. The name sounds familiar. Um, is that like a finance guy? Um, I want to say buy something with GM 3800 and see how true the legendary reputation is. Well, who knows? Maybe, uh, like I said, keep in mind and options open. Terry from finance just got his daughter braces. You think Kunkelman De dental covers all of it? Come on down to Kunkelman Chevrolet. We now have braces. We have dental care. We have contact lenses for daughters and sons and senior citizens. Do senior citizens still wear contact lenses? We don't know. Come on down to Kunkelman Chevrolet, Buick GMC, Oldsmobile, Martha Stewart, the, the Jay-Z, Beyonce, Grammy Awards. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, Dave Ramsey is a money guy that hates taking loans. Uh, yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, all money guys are like that, right? Like all the YouTube money guys or you know, CNBC money guys, they'll tell you all of that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's, it is what it is, but yeah. Um, it would be nice to be able to love myself without requiring any additional cultural input from society at large. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And that's a very eloquent way of putting it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something where I think that's something that is in intrinsic to a lot of us in society, which is that we just sort of struggle to um, view our self-worth outside of the lens of other people. And I think it's an important facet of kindness to ourselves to be able to recognize our own inherent self-worth without having to equivocate or quantify it in terms of what our value is to other people or, or in comparison to other people. I mean, I'm guilty of this, but I just, I don't know. I want to get better and be better, you know? Um, so I understand completely. Um, my local friend, AKA ex roommate has a Kunkelman plate frame because of you guys. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, our Zazzle store is still up, uh, I believe. So you can still get Kunkelman plate frames. Um, 
but yes, just look up regular car reviews on Zazzle.com. Um, Don John did like dozens of strategic bankruptcies. In his case, debt worked for him. Yeah, I have no idea how that works. I saw that Danny Trejo declared bankruptcy, but he's actually like doing well financially. Like it has something to do with him owing like back taxes on stuff, but his businesses are doing really well. So yeah, I have no idea how any of that works, but yeah. Um, I think I'm going to wrap this up in the next like five minutes or so. Whoa, 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 no, no way, dude, dude, Tom, oh my god, Tom, Tom, holy shit, dude, you are, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that is the, I, I, ooh, dude, what on earth? I am. I am so speechless right now. Uh, I I I don't. Thank you. I I am trying really hard to keep it together right now um i i wish that i could put into words what this means to me the idea that you the idea that this would happen at all um I am, I am so, take the compliment, Nick. Don't interrogate whether or not you deserve it. Just accept it. I am so, I don't have words and the words I have are not sufficient. And so thank you, Tom. From the bottom of my heart, I, I, I'm so outrageously grateful. I don't think that I could have asked for anything. Uh, I could not, I could not, I can't think. I can't. It's too, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I am so grateful to you thank you thank you so much I, I i should actually probably read your thing um someone said you can get the geo metro don't get the geo metro i can't donate anymore today but the first rcr video i watched was the 2000 something dodge nitro i had one at the time and your rapping was the first thing i heard i will never forget it because i thought i clicked on the wrong video bravo um <laughs> well i mean you didn't have to donate anything and anything you did donate didn't have to be this much. I would have been happy with anything, but this is above and beyond. And I am just, I cannot, I just, I don't have words to express how appreciative I am. And I just want you to know that, that I am so grateful for you and your donation as I'm thankful and grateful for all of these donations. So, 
um thank you um oh bong juice thank you for the extra um the three dollars canadian um i will pretend it's 300 so i absolutely will i don't know how that works conversion wise but yeah um yeah tom ponce toyota right next to the auto mall i mean that is that is legit that is super legit um <laughs> but yeah uh gosh i'm really hungry um I, I think I'm going to go for like another minute and a half and then just so I get to a nice round one hour, 50 minutes. But this has been the most incredible night because I don't know how to um, do words anymore. This is just, I'm blown away. And I guess it's something that I lack the capacity to express is my gratitude. And I know this is probably very tiresome to listen to if it's just listening on iTunes or Spotify or somewhere. But yeah, um, was it called RCR because it's for reviewing ordinary cars most of the time? Or was it for the joke of there being absolutely nothing regular about the reviews? Kind of like pronunciation guide parodies. Um, the latter. Like Brian, the way that he's told the story is that RCR, he came up with the idea because he saw a bunch of like car reviews in the early days of YouTube that he thought were just kind of like lousy. And so he decided to do his own type of review and um, he gave it the name regular car reviews because the name itself is a troll because they're not normal they're not regular these reviews are insane and um it was almost like you someone would search it and see regular car reviews oh that's surely a name i can trust but and then they'd find all these poop and fart and dick jokes um that they can't play in good company or mixed company and so uh yeah it was it's um yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's basically like how to basic, more or less. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that was kind of the impetus behind it. And I think over time, it began to represent more that, like, representing the reviews rather than the cars, because not all the cars are regular. But it's also the idea that we will probably review the beaters that other channels might not. So um, yeah, it's definitely something that's grown and evolved over time but i'm going to wrap this up now and go eat something um i do not know how to um begin to wrap this up on a night like this where you guys have been so kind and so appreciative and so i, I i'm just blown away i i I promise I'm going to continue to work hard to have earned this and to continue to earn it and to pay you back with my work. But until then, thank you for watching this live stream to everyone who donated in whatever amount they chose to donate. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for watching our Monday videos, for donating to the Patreon to whatever 
method you use to support RCR. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. This does not exist without you. And yeah, I, I just, I just love you guys. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you allow us to exist as a much larger channel than we are. And uh, I've run, I forget how the rest of this outro goes. So until next time, have a great weekend. Have a great evening. Just enjoy life, enjoy friends, enjoy family, enjoy loved ones, enjoy cars. And thank you. Thank you.